0: Blue Nile.com.
1: The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast. Ruthless but fair. Julia Hartley Brewer. Comprehensive coverage of all the new stories that matter to you. Harder, older. Hartley Brewer. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast from Talk Radio.
2: Let's come to Sam Armstrong, who is live in the studio with us, who I know is just chomping at the bit. Let's just talk Suella first up. She is out on her here. She defied the prime minister. She said quite a lot of things over recent weeks. She defied the prime minister with that article in the Times. Um, and that some of the language, I have to say, I wasn't that. Hate marches, comparing the marchers um, with um, uh, those in, in Northern Ireland. Poor choice of language. I think she often undermines a sensible point with some fruity language. But she was proved right on Saturday. So how on earth has the prime minister decided to sack her?
1: Yeah, and she was a a politician that spoke for great swathes of the public. There are many, many people. In fact, the majority of this country agreed with her. Those protests should have been banned. And we always say, we always complain. We've done it here. You and I have complained, Julia, before. Politicians that won't give a straight answer. She spoke. She said what she thought. She told it as it was. And the Prime Minister's reaction is having been proved right, having frankly agreed with her, as we saw today, he was announcing exactly the same policies... So what she said was terrible,
2: but he's announcing that there should be new laws to crack down on extremist protests. So he's admitting in both the legislation he wants to bring forward and in what he said to Sir Mark Rowley, the Met chief, last week as well, that he agrees with her. Look, he, and then he's sacking her because he agrees with her.
1: He wants right-wing policies that he thinks will get him re-elected, but he still wants to be popular at he wants North London dinner He wants to be like. This is,
2: this, is, this is the thing. Can I say, I've got a great quote, which I can't read out. I'm going to have to beep it a little bit, from a, a senior figure, a senior figure in the party, from the, a Red Wall seat, who won't, won't, can't come on the show, but said, but you can quote me as saying, he said, I'm beeped off an awful lot of the party peeped off. That said, Suella Brafman doesn't actually have the right-wing constituency among Tory MPs that she has among Tory members and Tory voters. That is very much the case. She's seen as having sort of shot from the hip too many times. Uh, she says the right things, but she hasn't achieved enough. Um, bearing in mind, we've got the Rwanda Supreme Court decision coming on Wednesday. We'll see how that goes. Um, but in terms of stopping the boats. But, but, but she, she hasn't got the constituency among Tory MPs. The thing is, here it seems to me you've got a prime minister who, who way behind in the polls, Labour creeping up in the polls, even amid their massive, dis, dis, you know, disarray over the issue of Gaza and Israel, um, and these, I mean, and, and some of the MPs supporting these horrific protest marches on Saturday. We've got that situation. That is happening, and here he is trying to appease the Labour Party. Where's Streeting, Shadow Health Secretary, saying Suella is entirely to blame? for the events on Saturday, poured Petra on the flames, as if, as if all of these right-wing extremists and football hooligans were going to sit at home on Saturday and, you know, having, having, you know, having a cheese sandwich and a cup of tea, quite happily watching yet again as, as you know, as these, these... Some of them Islamist, pro Hamas people march to our capital city, intimidating people. And they were just going to go... And worries, concerns about the cenotaph. We've seen other other war memorials being desecrated by, with free Palestine or flags draped on them. But yeah, those people were just gonna sit at home and then Suela Braverman stands up and says this. They all read the Times, obviously, these people, and they all love a, an ethnic minority Home Secretary, even though, of course, they're white racists, right? And yet suddenly she says that and suddenly they're all out on the streets. This is nonsense and and Rishi Sunak is pandering to this nonsense. Top to
1: bottom, this is the reshuffle that the Guardian couldn't have dreamed of. This is their favorite, what we're about to see is the Guardian's favorite conservative cabinet that we've had in the last 15 years. But all of this begs the question, who is Rishi Sunak serving here? Because there are red wall constituencies up in the country whose views, the voters of those, those new coalition of voters are far removed, very far removed from the corpus of Tory MPs that are in parliament. And what this reshuffle means is increasingly, day after day after day, Rishi Sunak is making a conscious decision The 2019 realignments in this country where working class people for the first time in a very long time said, Conservative Party, we're going to put our support in you, in Boris, that's gone. That's behind. We're going back to the old way. And what a better symbol of return to the past than David Cameron, walking up the street of Downing Street. Now,
2: here's the thing. I rather like David Cameron. I think he was rather good, Prime Minister. He promised us a referendum. OK, only because of the threat from UKIP and, you know, Nigel Farage now busy down. Nigel Farage will be absolutely kicking himself uh, not being uh, around for all of this going on. Um, but he's going he's to be appearing on I'm a Celebrity from this weekend and uh, I, my I hope will we'll win it. Um, um, but, uh, but, you know, David Cameron promised a fre- referendum and then actually... Gave us a referendum in 2016, um, even though most people assume, well, you we just promise these things, we don't actually go ahead with it. Um, he pretended to be Eurosceptic; he's not. Like most of those posh boys, he's actually he's actually a complete Europhile. Really, he thinks that the technocrats know better than you know us voter scum. Let's let's be honest. That's what they all think. Um, and then I, he resigned. He felt that he couldn't push through, which which was wrong because he said he wouldn't resign. But I mean. I don't, I don't sort of bear him any ill will because he delivered the referendum that he said he would deliver. And I think we shouldn't hold that against politicians. But you called it just
1: there, a posh boy hates Brexit, resigned in protest towards it. And now he is leading a government that was elected on a mandate of delivering Brexit. Change from the past, talking straight, embodying the, the values, the beliefs of working people up and down this country, and this government is looking, smelling, feeling like a very different beast, the opposite of what the anti-establishment yeah. vote in 2019 is. Yeah. And there will be many people, and I think if Nigel Farage wasn't uh, down under, he would be saying this, will call this an establishment coup yeah. to oh, undermine completely. the two great upsetting votes for the North London woe karate of the last century. But 2019, Boris, it, 2016, but, but Brexit. But of course,
2: but they'll, but they'll get slaps on the back, um, of, you know, the local dinner parties. I, so, um, I, I consume lots of different media in the morning. I've got sort of lots of phones and iPads and things going. because I want to know what everyone's saying. Fascinating to see you know, the likes of Beth Rigby, political editor on Sky News, saying, oh, David Cameron, the grown-ups are back in the room. What they mean by that is people we agree with. That's what they mean. People, we although she doesn't really like the Tories. That's very obvious. But he's an ex, he's the acceptable face of the Tories. But this is the thing: Rishi is so far, far behind in the polls. The things he said he wants to deliver on in terms of the economy, but also stopping the boats, um, and you know maintaining our borders and you know NHS. None of none of these changes pushes us any further forward to that. And we know that the only reason the Tories were able to get in in 2019 with that magnificent majority was because of that appeal to working class voters. When you sack the Home Secretary, who is, who is one of the few people speaking up and saying, this isn't going to fly with us anymore, as I said, when you, when you sack the one person who's saying, the house is on fire, the house is on fire, we have Islamist pro-Hamas terrorists walking down our streets, shouting anti-Semitic slogans, flying anti-Semitic terrorist flags not the vast majority of people on those marches, but an awful lot of them. And that's not going to be acceptable to British people. Jewish people scared of going into central London. I know because they're friends of mine and friends of my daughter, and they don't go anywhere near central London anymore because they are scared. When you see a cabinet minister, Michael Gove, mobbed for walking down the street, mobbed in a train station simply for being who he is by, by an Islamist group, and she says... This isn't acceptable. This is a hate mob. This cannot be allowed. To think that she is the problem and that she has stoked up the reaction of, yes, some football hooligans, yes, some far right types, the Tommy Robinson, yes, but also millions of ordinary, right thinking, good people who just don't want our country to go down this route. And, and when, you, when you say when she, that, that she is the problem, when she is the person saying, The country, the house is on fire and she shouts fire, fire to alert everybody and wants action taken. And you get rid of her when you blame her, when you say she is the problem, but you ignore the arsonists. You're part of the problem. Rishi Sunak is now part of the problem.
1: And what did they call her? The P word populist. That's what they call her. They They called her a lot of other P words. And but I hear the word populist and what I hear is the fact that the Home Secretary was doing what the country yep. wants
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices That's why American Giant makes clothing that fits your life seamlessly, with quality you have to feel to believe. Whether you're stocking up for any weather, or picking up a special gift, you'll find an impressive selection of staples to choose from. So whether you're on the hunt for a heavyweight hoodie, a fleece jacket, or a hard-working pair of warm sweatpants, American Giant has what you're looking for. Each American Giant piece is designed to last and created with commitment to doing things better. And all their products are made right here in America. Because keeping things local ensures the kind of quality you'll feel and appreciate for years to come. Discover the American Giant difference today. Shop Wear Anywhere Closet Staples at American-Giant.com. And get 20% off your order when you use code ANYSTYLE24 at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com. Promo code ANYSTYLE24.
1: Why is populist an insult? I consider it to be a compliment. But now we have the grown-ups, and what's the key criteria in a grown-up? They're prepared to listen and hear to what the British public want and say, no, 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 you don't know what you want. They listen to the
2: technocrats, to big business, yeah.
1: It's, this is, I'm afraid, a step backwards in time, and Rishi Sunak... Sad as it take, pains me as it says this as a Conservative, I just believe has signed his own P45. Yeah.
2: yeah. Who does he think this is going to appeal to? Does he, does he genuinely think that the Guardian Easters and, and the BBC watches that they're all going to sign up to this?
1: He is marching straight every day, closer and closer and closer to the executive lounge at Heathrow Airport, <laughs> where he's going to be off to California. To be VC
2: yeah. of a large tech vat. Yeah. I do. I do just think it's extraordinary. One of the other things I think is extraordinary from this weekend is looking at the footage. Now, again, I consume lots of different media. I look at tele, you know, TV shows across the spectrum. Whether it's Channel Four, whether it's the BBC, whether it's you know um, our channel, other other rival channels. I, I consume you know different newspapers I look at. I, I do not live in a social media bubble. I deliberately follow people that I know I disagree with on lots of things, to, and I learn more from that. And you know, I just think that most people in this country thought that two completely different events happened on Saturday. They thought there was a perfectly peaceful and nice pro-Palestinian march for people who wanted peace. And and then there were a whole bunch of horrible thugs who were violent and who were stoked up by Osweiler Brubman. And that's if you watch BBC Channel Four. That's what you think happened. If you consume other media, you see a lot on social media. You will you will think, well, actually, you know, it was all just horrible violence on the pro-Palestinian, well, horrible anti-Semitic slurs and shouting and 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 the like, and intimidatory behaviour. Um, and then there was this little scuffle near the cenotaph when the police kettled some some right-wingers who who wanted to come protect the cenotaph. Whereas actually, you know. Both and neither are true at the same time. We now in an American style situation where half the country thinks the facts are this and half the country thinks the facts are this. You can't have a debate about the rights and wrongs of the facts if you don't even know what the facts are.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely right. And uh, what I saw was a media class that was intent, oh. come what may, to whip this up to get sweller. And look, I, I adore the, the press lobby, the political journalists in this country that uh, hold our politicians to account and, and keep the story going on. But... What was clear to me was they were on a hunt. They smelled blood. And over the weekend, they've gone off in the best pursuit of political journalists in this country, which is to get a scalp. They've got one, Rishi Sunak has given in, Woe betide him because he won't be the first Prime Minister to give in to the lobby that demands a yeah. scalp no, and then exactly. goes for you on the consequences yeah. of giving it them.
2: Oh, so you've got a lobby by the love Jeremy Hunt. Oh, they love Jeremy Hunt, the Chancellor, who is just literally the worst person to be in the job. I'd like to point out actually, uh, it, is, it is fascinating with David Cameron back in the government. Um, extraordinary! This is a man who only a month ago <laughs> accused the Prime Minister of failing to act in Britain's long-term interest when he uh, uh, basically scrapped the northern leg of HS2. So there's already been big differences, but maybe your foreign policy they're more aligned. Anyway, what? lots... But hang on,
1: China, his era, golden era, oh, very yeah. much looked on poorly now... Tory backbenchers
2: won't like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Just first of all, I suppose put the question to you, we're putting to our audience today. Um, Was it the right decision for the Prime Minister to sack his Home Secretary?
3: It wasn't right to sack Suella. It wasn't right to bring back David Cameron. Uh, Particularly, it wasn't right to bring back David Cameron because everybody will now be wondering who the real Prime Minister is. I mean, we've seen his statement with himself at the very centre of it all. Um, And uh, I... I, I think he's made a very great mistake for Shishuna. Uh Sacking Suella, there were lots of reasons why he could have sacked Suella uh, before last week, um, principally that uh, she promises a great deal but doesn't deliver, for example, stop the boats. Well, you know, the boats are still coming and she doesn't deliver. But when last week she wrote an article that caused all the controversy, then quite inevitably any sacking is seen as based on that. And frankly, an awful lot of people, not just in Parliament, but more importantly amongst the electorate, agree with her. They agree with her.
2: And that's the thing, isn't it? A lot of people agree with her. What I find really strange is, other than, and we talked on incessantly about this on the show last week, I disagree with some of her language. I don't think calling people, everyone on that march, being a hate marcher, I don't think that's correct and I don't think it's helpful. I certainly think uh, with where we are in Northern Ireland at the moment, r- r- making a comparison with marches in Northern Ireland was very, very unhelpful. And and the sort of gaffe that she makes where she lands herself in hot water unnecessarily. The rough sleepers comment, again, a clumsy comment. She was making a point about America, um, uh, but again she you know she needs to foresee these things if you're going to be a serious politician but the key thing is the one person we know who agreed with Svella Bradman was the Prime Minister about the substance of that Times article because otherwise, why would he have called in Sir Mark Rowley, the Met chief last week, to give him a dressing down and say, you need to, you need to ban this march? Why would he have announced to the number 10 spokespeople this morning that he wants to bring in uh, more laws to toughen uh, the rights of the police, the ability of the police to actually ban extremist marches? I mean, he, he's basically, what he said and what he has done today, basically admitted she was right... And now he sacked her. That, that's a sign of weakness, well, isn't it?
3: I suspect that the reason that he would give is that she refused uh, a 10 Downing Street request to change certain but, phrases. But she that, was on, that, some was, that
2: but, was on Thursday.
3: Yeah, why that why was wait on Thursday? till now to sack her? Because he's now doing a reshuffle. Uh, and, you know, the fact is that very often prime ministers who've got imminent reshuffles, they don't sack piecemeal. Uh, They wait for the shuffle itself. So I don't find uh, that that is odd. All I'm saying is that I think he would deploy the argument that she broke collective responsibility. Mm -hmm. I do not know, uh, and uh, nobody knows exactly what communications took place between the Home Office uh, and Downing Street. All I know is I agree with the article.
1: The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast. Open discussion. Healthy debate. Stay on top of the news agenda. Bristling with debate. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast. From Talk Radio.